Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome, everyone, to this Believe in NFL Draft Prospects Spotlight Interview Edition. Ryan Roberts here, Rising Draft on Twitter. Uh, follow me there. I'm, I have the opportunity to do some of these interviews with some of the absolute best players in college football heading towards the 2021 NFL Draft. It's been an odd offseason, but let's start laying the groundwork. College football is going to happen. I'm being very, very optimistic on that end. I'm talking to one of the best linebackers in college football, regardless of of, um, of level, and that's Mr. Willie Eubanks the third, who is out of the Citadel. Uh, Willie, I'm going to kind of rattle off some of your accomplishments at the Citadel in, in a second. But, man, again, really want to thank you so much. Why don't you just say hi to the folks again, man? I appreciate you taking some time this morning. Uh, like I said, thank you for having me. And I uh, just wanted to introduce myself. Uh, Willie Banks the third, uh, linebacker from the Citadel. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, and, and Willie, if you're not inter- – uh, if you're not – too uh, familiar with his accomplishments so far over the last couple years. 2018, 80 tackles led his team, eight and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks this past year, though, really a great year. Um, he's an All-American candidate again going into 2020 here, 112 tackles season coming off of 11 and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, interception, 11 quarterback hurries, four pass breakups, five passes defended. He's one of the most versatile linebackers in the country. You pop on the film, You'll see number nine going the sideline to sideline. He does a great job in pass coverage as well. He can rush the quarterback. He does a little bit of everything. And, Willie, I want to kind of get started here, man, on the Citadel. Why, coming out of Augusta, Georgia, you went to Laney High School, if I have it correct, why was the Citadel the best fit for you? And maybe what were some other schools that you may have had interest in as well? Um, yeah, throughout the whole process, I was recruited by um, a, couple, a couple other schools. Um such as like Kennesaw State, um, but ended up getting offered only by like South Carolina State, Hampton, uh, Western Carolina, and Savannah State, and the Citadel. But um, throughout the whole process, like the Citadel was just always there um, throughout the whole thing. And then there was a, my first official visit was at the Citadel. And then once I um, told the coach that I was committed to the school, uh, I just kept my word on it, and everything turned out it was in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. And I know I, I haven't personally been to the Citadel, but I've heard nice things about the campus, the, the life out there in South Carolina. Can you describe just for the average fan who maybe hasn't been to the school, just the atmosphere, campus vibe, that type of thing? Um. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a very different place, but it also is a special place. Um. You know, we're in the heart of Charleston, surrounded by many beautiful things around the city, uh, many beaches. And like just the atmosphere, and especially on game day, because the strong alumni has just really special. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I know I talked a little bit about just the individual accomplishments you were able to have, Willie. It, it's it's really you know just eye popping some of the numbers you were able to have. And and one of the things that matches with your film, kind of like what I said in that intro, is you do a little bit of everything, which I, I think is why a lot of NFL evaluators already have you on their radar. For you, over the last couple years here during your college career, what are some things that maybe were natural for you coming in? And then what were a couple things that maybe you've seen your game really evolve and really add to your arsenal over the last couple years? Um, well, coming out of high school, I played like outside linebacker slash like strong safety. So I felt like coming in, I had the advantage playing like inside linebacker. I already had the advantage with like my coverage skills because I was used to guarding like slot receivers and things like that in high school. And so one of the things I've really just seen my game evolve in is just like, learning more of the inside position and just being able to diagnose a play right before right before it happens and just making the play. I love it. And and I I, I know I should, probably should have led off with this one because it's a question I love to ask. When did this love start, man? Because I still I know when I looked at your your um high school career coming out of Laney, I know you played, you know, multiple sports, I think basketball, track, as well as playing football. When did this love, though, for football begin? Do you remember what age? When did you start playing? That type of thing? Um, I mean, I want to say back when I was like six or seven, that's when I started playing like flat football. And then from there on, um, like when I, when I turned like eight, when I got eight or nine, I think that's when I first like suited up for like a pop one league. And I just... I just love the game right after that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm a sucker, man, because I uh, I played linebacker too, and I'm a sucker for linebackers that wear the single, single digits. So you got that number nine on. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I remember Jalen Smith running around the field wearing number nine for Notre Dame. That, talk to me about just the position growth because you, you talked a little bit about how you played some safety in high school. It, it's, it's a really um, versatile position now where you have to do a lot of things what, what what do you think translates best for you kind of moving to the next level, being able to do a bunch of different things and being able to be that athlete that on first, second, or third down can still be on the football field? Uh, Yeah, I just think, like, just really just trusting my athletic ability, just being able to just, like, fly around and make plays in the secondary or at the line of scrimmage. And so, like, the, my biggest attribute, I want to say, is just being um a very good athlete. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw, you know, I was looking at the, some of the past rosters um, that you've been on the team. And I know you've been generally listed around um, the like the 215 range. And then I see this offseason that you're listed at 230. Was was that weight gain something that you, you know, planned on doing? Was it something that's maybe someone told you you should probably gain a little bit of weight? And is that weight still around the same um, heading now into the voluntary workouts that you guys are doing? Um, honestly, uh, I don't think many people know this, but my two fifteen weight was. Uh, they didn't up last year. They didn't um, update the roster. I think they didn't update the roster in time. So that two fifteen weight was from my first my first year at the Citadel, and they just no never updated my weight. But I knew um, that I was going to need to change eventually. But last year I was playing around like two the twenty five two thirty. So that was my that's my real weight. So that's when they updated, it just seemed like it changed like all of a sudden over the summer, over the past season. But most of the time, I'm just most of the time while I'm here, I'm just trying to stay around that range. Like I'm at now, like 227 to 230. 
I knew it, man. I knew it. You guys, you guys are messing with my head because I was watching yeah. the film from last year. I'm like, this dude. There's no way this dude is 215. You know, yeah. like just moving around. You're you're a well built guy. So, um, shout out to Citadel Football for messing with my mind early in the morning <laughs> here. Uh, uh, but Willie, I, I I need to ask. I, I mentioned guys. That, so like when I grew up, I was a linebacker. Like I said, I loved Luke Keekley when he was at Boston College. Um, loved Zach Thomas that used to play with the Miami Dolphins. For you. Are there players that you maybe gravitated towards that that maybe when you were growing up or even still now that you really try to watch their game a lot and maybe take some things to make your game even better? Um, yeah, most of the guys I try to watch now, um, like since I've been like in college and stuff like that, are some of the like guys that like make like or big names on the field on Sunday. So like guys like Bobby Wagner or Darius Leonard. I try to like model my game after them, and also like watching guys like Devin Bush and Devin White because they just fly, fly around and make plays, and that's just how I try to translate my game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, you you certainly do fit fit that uh, that new mold of linebacker, which I think is again why so many teams, or uh, I should say, so many scouts and, and different things, the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy over there are really interested in your game. And I'm looking at this record now, Willie, because I know you guys had a six and six record, but it's 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 the box score scouting thing. Because I went and like looked at your games and four losses by a touchdown or less, right? Like one score easily last season. I think could have been a ten win season. You know, a couple plays here and there for you. How have you guys used that this off season? To being so close to really turning that corner, being in, being potentially a playoff team. Uh, how how much have you guys used that maybe as added motivation going into this final year? Um, well, yeah, like we knew, like last year, we let a couple of games go, like in the few and like on the pass in the fat in the um, final minutes of the game. So like this spring, um, we were able to actually get a spring in. So this spring, we just mainly focused on like just finishing. So that was our main goal: is just whatever we're doing, we just got to make sure we finish each and every day and. I want to say like um, it translated this offseason, and I think we'll have a pretty good turnout this next year. And I know we, you know, we talked before I start the recording, and it's a, it's been a weird offseason to say the least. Draft guys, guys going back to school, it, you know, not being able to be with the team. I'm sure as much as you would have liked to been, even though you, you know, you got the spring in. Um, to, you know, for which most teams obviously weren't allowed to do. But for you, Willie, you just said you just got back for voluntary camp. What's it been like being able to get back from from a little time off here with the team and just be around the guys again? Um, it's been a very good experience. You know, you always want to be around the guys. It's getting better around each other each and every day. So that's what um a lot of us been missing, and we just all been from there on. We just all been working hard and just trying to um hope for the best and can't wait for the season to start. And I, I know, you know, you probably have a lot of goals going into the year um, individually team wise. I'm sure there's like a, a big mixture for you. Uh, if I had to ask you what 2020, what, what would make 2020 the best possible ending to Willie Eubanks career? What, what, what are a couple goals that you want to set either individually or team wise? Um, one of the main goals I want to set um, is winning the soul Conrad. Uh, you know, they got two of them right before I got to the school. And so I'm just um, been working these past couple months and these past couple years just trying to get a ring. So that's the main goal, I want to say, for 2020 as a team. But for myself individually, um, 
just trying to be better, do be better than what I did the following year. You know, each year I increased my um my level of play increased uh, each of the past year. So it's I want to say this last year probably very special. And I, I was kind of a person that knew that you were going to get some attention this offseason. I think I think I started following you sometime during the 2019 season. And I see, obviously, again, you know, Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy starts mentioning you a little bit. For you, I know it's it's something that I'm sure it's it's a humbling process for you. But to see guys, NFL evaluators like that, really put your name out there as a potential guy to look at for the next level – how much of an honor is that? How much? How humbling is that? Just kind of see those things about yourself. Um, yeah, it is. It's very much a big honor, you know, just seeing um, that all your hard work is um, finally paying off, and people are really noticing it and seeing that you have a shot at the next level. But yeah, it's like the most. It's like I said, it's a very honor, but you just gotta just stay humble and just keep working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's how you got to this point so far. Is you just you just seem like a grinder to me, and I know it it's got to be a surreal feeling to know that you know this time next year you might be on an NFL roster playing professional football. And I don't want to put you too far ahead because I want you to obviously enjoy your final year this year. But just kind of generally that moment, whenever that is, you know, d- drafted, and when you are finally able to become a NFL player potentially first first off maybe a two-part question one when was that when did that dream start coming to, to you when, when did you kind of have the have the thought that hey man maybe I could eventually play professional football and again kind of on the same path as the, the previous question what type of blessing would it be obviously a, a very low percentage of people play professional football what type of honor would it be for you to to eventually be a part of that rank um well, the first part of the question, I'll say um, it came to um, it came to me probably. I want to say, um, you know, everybody has that dream in high school. You know, when playing high school football, like maybe yeah, man, I want to go to the NFL one day, or I want to be in the NBA one day. And then like, the dream came to reality. Like one part came to reality when I received my first scholarship. I was like, hey, man, somebody wants me to go to school for free and play football and further my further my education and football career. And then, like, that gave me, that's a shot I could have at the next level. And then the second part when it came to reality is, like, after, I want to say, my sophomore season, when I seen um, just how how well I was doing, and I was like, dang, if I can do this as, like, a sophomore, what I can do as a junior. And now, and now like, if I could do that as a junior, like, what I can do as a senior. And just realizing that um, – that I don't have I have a special talent and just trying to use my talent to the best of my ability. And it will be the second part of the question, it'll be a big honor. Um my I'll be the first one to graduate from my college from my immediate family from college. So that'd be an honor right there. And just on top of that, being able to um provide a positive positive role model or positive figure for my younger siblings in my family, like my um two nieces or my um nephew. Um, and just giving them like hope, like, dang, um, I could probably, cause my niece run track. So just giving, trying to give her hope, like, dang, if, um, all I gotta do is work hard, I could be a track star one day. So that'd be the biggest blessing. Just making, making my family proud. Mm-hmm. Well, again, Ryan Roberts here, Willie Eubanks, the third linebacker from the Citadel. In my, in my opinion, for my money, the best linebacker on the FCS level, one of the best linebackers in all of college football, Willie, 
I, I really want to congratulate you, man, you know, of, of grad the process of graduating college, the first in your family. That's absolutely wonderful, man. And I want to, I want to wish you the best of luck this season going to the next level. We'll definitely have to do this again a, a little bit down the line, but man, I just really want to thank you so much for taking some time today. Welcome everyone to this Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast spotlight interview edition, bringing you everything and anything you need to know for the 2021 NFL Draft and beyond. I am Ryan Roberts here, Rising Draft on Twitter. Have the opportunity of doing these interviews with some of the best prospects in all of college football, bringing you multiple positions. And it's it's a really funny one today because I actually have a guy that has been a star for his team, William & Mary both as a fullback all-CAA selection the last three years, but also down the stretch this year, he switched over to linebacker, had a ton of success. Saw him on the edge a little bit, blitzing, doing different things. I know he came in um, originally out of Hampton, Virginia, as a linebacker recruit. So going to get in the, the uh, conversation here with Mr. Tyler Christ, starting fullback, linebacker from William & Mary, all-CAA selection. Tyler, if you just want to introduce yourself real quick, man, again, appreciate you taking some time this morning. Yeah, name's Tyler. I guess he kind of introduced me as much as he could. Uh, a rising senior from Hampton, Virginia, uh, William Mary. I uh, played fullback the past three years, um, but this past year, uh, for this next season, will be primarily uh, linebacker, kind of what I did last year. So, gotcha, gotcha. And that's that's a uh, good little tidbit there, Tyler, because that was going to be like one of my first questions, man. Is like. It's, you know, when I was in high school, you know, we played both sides of the ball. I played on like a lower level, you know, division here in New Jersey when I was playing football. And I was going to ask about the possibility of you playing both sides of the ball. Is this like an emergency situation to play some fullback or is this like I'm a linebacker for now? And, uh, you know, it's kind of where the main focus is now. So with the reason, the main reason I kind of switched back to linebacker was the new offense that we brought in last year wasn't really using a fullback. They were using more of a two running back system, um, which I'm completely okay with. You know, I'm, I'm not, I don't see myself as an actual running back, so I, I was okay with making that transition. I know with um, Coach Taylor and the new offense they brought in, they have more of a pro-style offense. So uh, if the season goes on, you know, I definitely, you know, could pose a question to see if I could come back and do both like I did with the Elon game last year. Um, obviously, just want to play as much as I can, so and and wherever I can, so we uh, we'll have to see where that goes. But for right now, I know it's definitely linebacker, but I'm, you know, the fullback thing is still up in the air. Gotcha, gotcha. A crazy story, really, because I, I was looking, you know, obviously at your your career, and I, I I listened to a couple interviews that you have done where you said, you know, that. You were a linebacker recruit, obviously during that redshirt year. That kind of the transition happened for you. So, let me take me back to that moment when that switch happened. The, the obviously you were a you know very a a, uh, a very good fo football player in high school playing the linebacker position. I know you played a little bit everywhere, kind of like I was saying before. But you you were set to play linebacker. Obviously, that switch happened. What kind of brought on that original switch from linebacker to a fullback? Um, on a uh, full-time basis for you? So, like I said, I played defensive end in high school, but obviously I wasn't going to play defensive end in college. So they recruited me as a linebacker. I didn't really have any film as a, you know, as an actual linebacker except for the All-Star game. But I came in, there were probably like six other guys ahead of me. Two other guys were on scholarship at the time of my freshman year, and I was, an, I was, a, I was a preferred walk-on. So I was already as low as it got. And then – I practiced the entire summer at linebacker, was trying to learn the defense. There's a lot more to take in because colleges have bigger playbooks in high school. 
And it came to like the third day of fall camp, the starting fullback, who was a huge guy, didn't end up coming back that year. So they knew I'd played some fullback in high school. And I, I kid you not, walked in the office and was like, hey, we want to switch you to fullback. You have, a, you have a quicker time to like get on the field and play. And this time I didn't have a scholarship, so I wanted to get on the field as fast as possible so I could earn some money. So I said, by all means, of course. So, I mean, that it was that morning. So that afternoon for our practice, I was in an offensive jersey playing fullback, and it, and it stuck ever since. I love it, man. I love it. And we, we talked a little bit, you know, out of Hampton, Virginia. So you, you mentioned the walk-on opportunity at William & Mary. Besides for William & Mary, were there other schools that you may have had high interest in that were maybe close on the radar? Or was William & Mary just kind of the head and shoulders um, college choice for you when when everything was kind of working itself out and recruiting? For me, it really came down to there was another school that offered me a partial scholarship um, with Marist, which is, you know, up north. Um, but I kind of, I kind of just looked at the two schools and thought which would be the best choice for me. Um, and I kind of just went with William Mary because William Mary wasn't really on my radar probably until December of my senior year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hadn't seen much, but they, uh, they, I, I guess they saw something fast and, and they acted on it. So I'm happy they did. Yeah. And you know, if, if anybody hasn't been to William and Mary, I, I have been through the campus a couple times. Um, you know, on vacations and whatnot. And William Mary is a beautiful campus. It's historical. And I'll, I'll tell you, Tyler, I know from everything I've heard, it, academically, it is excellent. So if, if you can just talk a little bit about the challenges, because we always hear about, you know, being a student athlete, how difficult it is. I know William & Mary is a good school, so how difficult is it overall, or maybe just the adjustment period early on, being a student athlete playing football as, on a full-time basis over there? Uh, it definitely, it definitely punched me in the face. Probably my freshman year was something I wasn't prepared for. Uh, William Mary is a very rigorous school when it comes to their academics. Um, it's they're main, they're mainly an academic school, so they they prioritize academics first. Which I mean, by all means, I'm advocate for. But it was a very, yeah, it was very difficult in a, in a short words to say to, of the the jump over from high school to college because I mean, in season you have a full schedule where you really don't have any free time. And then you got to topple on trying to learn your all like trying to learn this offensive playbook for the season and then trying to learn, trying to study for all these classes. So I didn't do so well my freshman year. Uh, but I mean, that was kind of expected. My parents were okay with it. But then as it got on, I kind of got into a groove more, was able to learn how to study better. I think that was my biggest issue because I didn't really know how to study. I think when I got to college, like I knew how to study, like I knew I had to study certain things, but when I got to college, it was a different kind of like, all right, you have to study certain things a certain way for you to, you know, you know, soak it up more. So it was, it's definitely a culture shock when I first got here. But uh, since then, I mean, after that freshman year, I think I've really turned it around and made a positive impact in my academics. Yeah. Well, I, I know it's uh that's a tough transition for anyone, man. So it's uh it's difficult. You know, I, I was only a D3 football player, but even at that level, I was like my first year, I felt like I was drowning a little bit. So I'm definitely there with you. And it, I mean, so Tyler, I, I know, man, I would love this interview to be just more like highlighting your play, getting ready for the fall. But obviously with the, with the, um, the cancellation or at least the um, delay of the CAA season, there's a lot of uncertainty. I know this off season for everyone has been just, just a, a headache to be honest with you you know it's been it's been a trials and tribulations it seems like every day for you just navigating this tough off season navigating the tough news of the CAA for now and how have you do you think that you've best been able to 
put your best foot forward and prepare, hopefully, for your final year here? I mean, we've kind of just tried to treat every day like, you know, you just, you know, you got to train and be ready so you don't have to get ready, which is a famous line. But it's it's frustrating to say the least. I mean, I've definitely just, you know, been working out as much as I can, you know, every day for the, you know, treating it like there was going to be a season in the fall. And then even if there's a season in the spring, I'll still treat it like such. Uh, but like, it does get a little frustrating and, you know, a little disheartening because you'll see other F, like bigger programs who've got a little more money that, you know, are working out as a team now or still plan to have a season in the fall. And I'm happy they are. It just kind of sucks that you, we get, you know, a lot of FCF schools that have, that have postponed or canceled their season for the fall have to kind of just sit and wait and see what happens. So, I mean, I don't really have any answers for that. I just know, you know, I'm just going to work out until they say I can't play football anymore. And that's all you can do right now. You know, you got to control what you can control. And one of my favorite interviews I've heard of you so far, Tyler, was uh, with Coach Blackstock because I remember him, man, when he was coming out of Virginia. You know, I was a younger guy, but he was a damn good football player. And then I start looking at this coaching staff with, obviously, um, you know, up top Coach London and you got Razai Dowling on there. You got Matt Johns, former Virginia quarterback. Like there's a ton of Virginia guys on this on this coaching staff. I think it personally is a great coaching staff under Coach London. So just t- tell me a little bit about just playing for this coaching staff, man, and maybe how you've been able to develop that that relationship with Coach Blackstock now making that full move to linebacker. Uh, yeah, uh, this often, I mean, the, the staff itself is amazing. They're very high energetic people, especially with Coach London. I mean, as head coaches go, I, I don't think I know anybody that has more enthusiasm than this guy. But our coach, I mean, yeah, it's the most of them from UVA. And I mean, they're really down to earth. They see me more as a person, not as a player, not as someone they're just trying to pass on. And I know Blackstock was, before I even made the transition, was trying to bring me back over to defense. I mean, most of the coaching staff I did because one of the coaching staff that's still there was there when I got recruited, and it was Bo Revel. And he always like regretted the fact that I had to go back to offense because they really wanted me to stay for defense because that was a big argument with the coaching staff. So he always joked about me of saying, like, we're never going to come back to defense. And I guess he told the coaching staff when they brought in. And, I mean, it was throughout the whole season they got there. Like, you know, you can play both sides. You can do it. And I, I didn't think much about it. And then, I, obviously, I made the transition. You know, he was more than happy. But, I mean, he's he's definitely taken a lot of one-on-one time with me um, on and off the field to really uh, hone in and just, I guess, you know, tighten things that, you know, for my technique and stuff that I'm doing as a player that he – that he sees that, you know, when he was doing, and I'm obviously listening to everything he does and soaking his sponge because, you know, he made it all the way through and he got to play at the, the highest level. So I have the most respect for him and he, he definitely treats me more as just a person and looks out for me. I mean, like I said, he texted me last night, just checking on me. And I, I think I'll talk to him later after this podcast, but he, he, I mean, as coaches go, he's one of the one that just is always checking up on me throughout this entire quarantine, just to make sure that, you know, my head's on straight and I'm doing well. So I really appreciate it the most. Yeah, and and we talked a little bit about the accomplishments so far, right? Like the three-time CAA, all three years here after your redshirt year, and now you have the the additional challenges of making that full transition. But, I mean, Tyler, when we look back on it already, you've already kind of cemented your legacy here, right? Like there is a lot that you've accomplished over your three years. I don't think there's many guys that have made all-conference all three years of their first three years. So just kind of looking back on it for a second, because I know you, you still have a season to play, but just kind of a quick reflection here. Just how grateful are you for the opportunities you've been able to have and just overall the impressions of the success that you've had so far? 
I mean, I, I have to thank most uh, the school for giving me an opportunity to play Division One ball at the high, at the level it was. Um, I obviously didn't get that recru- didn't get recruited that much or that highly out of high school. So when they gave gave me a shot to come play, and even when it was playing fullback, it was something I was like, hey, I mean, it's not what I wanted to do right now, but I'm I'm all for it. I mean, because obviously I wanted to play and I wanted to get on the field as fast as possible, and then. Having like two touchdowns my freshman year, having some success, and honestly, when the accolades came out at the end of the season, I didn't think I was going to be anywhere near it because I didn't think I did that well. And then when it came out and said I was, I had made all conference, I I was shocked. And then kind of as it went, I was just I got better and better, understood offense more, understood reading defenses more, understood how to play the position more on a college level, playing against FBS opponents like Virginia Tech, UVA. Um, it's it's something I don't think I would have realized because I definitely, when I came into college, didn't think I'd be playing fullback again because I, I, I love defense. But being a college fullback and looking at like when you compare your old style fullbacks that are like 260, just meathead kind of guys. And then the fact that I came in, I was like 225, maybe six foot. But the what I brought to the table was a little different because obviously they could use me and just more than just an ISO kind of fullback. I could do stuff all throughout the field, all throughout the backfield. And then being able to run the ball as a running back this past year really helped me um, get a little more, get a better knowledge of how to read defenses even more. So, I mean, I'm just all thankful for the school for giving me the opportunity because if it wasn't for them, I don't know where I'd be right now. And, and I know obviously the team, you know, I'm sure fell short as far as, you know, win loss record, right? Like we're watching, we're looking at five and seven, but the thing about schedules and box score scouting and all that type of stuff is you look at five and seven, you think it's, you know, not a success, but, and I mean, I, I'm sure that it isn't for you, but when you look at the schedule, right? Like there's a couple games that are one score games that a couple plays here and there, you might, you might be talking about a winning season and you know, who knows what happens from there. So from that season now, moving into 2020, uh, is there a some form of momentum? Are you guys able to kind of look back on the schedule and say, like, hey, man, like a couple plays here and there, just kind of like I just said, uh, we can we can potentially turn this around and have a winning season and, and see what kind of happens from there. I mean, we we had like two we had two or three games that really came down to one drive in the fourth quarter, and I mean that's the difference between going home at the end of the season and playing in the playoffs. So. It's not a matter of our skill level or where we at as an offense or a defense. It's really a matter of just us being able to finish games in the way that we want to. And I mean, it's already disheartening if you lose, you know, like a game-winning touchdown or you lose a drive or you miss a field goal. It, it's all little stuff that that we can control. It's not stuff that, you know, the, hey, the team was just better than us. It was just you know, you know, mental mental mistakes and just stuff that we can work on and fix on. I very, I do think we have a really good shot of being a top contender for the CAA if we were allowed to play this year. Um, yeah, like you said, it really just comes down to a couple plays here and there for us. And, I mean, it, we just kind of like iron out the kinks. I think we'll have a really positive season if we're able to. And you being a guy that's played, you know, so many positions, so many different hats, if I had to ask you a couple players, <clears throat> past, present, growing up, whatever it might be, are there some guys that you really – watch closely and maybe try to take some of their skill to your game or at least kind of emulate them in a way. So um, there's a player that I was watching when I was in high school. He was, a, he, I think he graduated. Uh, he played Virginia Tech. His name was Sam Rogers and he was a fullback in a, I think he was from the 804 area. 
Um, but when I was watching him, uh, he was like this fullback running back type player, but he was one of those, I mean, I don't know, five eleven, five six foot, 230, just everywhere on the field. I don't think as an, as an offensive player, I don't think there was one spot you couldn't put him at. And he was a very versatile player and Virginia Tech used him in almost like every, you know, play they could think of. So when I was seeing that, it was kind of coming into high, when I was coming out of high school into college, I kind of wanted to emulate myself after that for the sense that I could do everything and anything that they would want me to. That I didn't want to have any limitations that a college coach couldn't put me there. So he's for sure one of the players I think saw when I – like not so much growing up, just kind of like going through high school because he was a couple years older than me um, at the college level. Uh, if you if you want to look at the professional level, at the professional level, uh, kind of flips the other way. I'm a big Steelers fan, so I definitely emulated um, Troy Palomalo and his safety. Uh, not for the safety position, but the fact that as a defensive player, I don't think so. And so, okay. So Blackstock tells me this one, he tells me a good thing. He says, you always want to be in the camera at the end of the play. Like you always want to be around the ball. And I, I don't think there was a time where I didn't see him on the field at the end of the play. He was somewhere always near the ball. So when I was growing up as a kid, I definitely wanted to be a player where didn't matter if I was on offensive defense. I always wanted to be around the ball in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Troy was one of my favorites growing up, man. I feel like some people are kind of kind of losing the fact of, like, you know, we always talk about the greatest in the position. When you really think about it, and just this is just kind of a, a um, off-topic safety position, right? Like, we got to see Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu, and and the latter part of Brian Dawkins in one decade, man. Like, it was, it was absolutely so much fun to watch. And, Tyler, I know – you know, we're going to be optimistic as possible. I know I definitely am because the CAA, arguably the best conference on the FCS level, right? Like I feel like whether it's in the spring or whatever happens, they're going to figure something out to, to see some high level football here. So kind of looking forward now to the season for your team specifically, individually, team wise, whatever it might be, what are some goals that you want to accomplish this year that will make it the perfect ending to your career? Well, so if, if we're if if they if we are allowed to get if we are allowed to play in the spring and there's able to play for a championship and all that then I mean our biggest goal my biggest goal as a team would to win a CAA championship because every fifth year that's been on here came the year after they had tied the three way with William Mary JMU and Richmond and we were coming high off of a very high year they made the playoffs everyone was doing well that's it kind of brought a lot of people in and then we've, we haven't really had a winning season since. So it's, it's kind of been disheartening because we've always had a few games that have basically determined us from being at the top or making the playoffs. So I think one of my goals and one of our team goals to definitely be for the season would to be to win a CAA championship and to be able to end it out on a good note. And kind of the last question here, because I, I think that the versatility you play with being able to do multiple things and Obviously, I think that it's pretty safe to assume that you'll be a great special teams player kind of moving forward as well, kind of moving to that next level. I think the NFL is going to have a lot of um, a lot of good opinions on you and, and your ability to potentially make a roster in, in a variety of roles. So, Tyler, kind of let, ending off here, that possibility of playing professional football, right? Like, I, I know it's, um, you know, it's still a little bit of ways away. Obviously, we want to get that season in, but for you, how long has that been a dream? And just what type of blessing would that be if and when that happens? I mean, it's always been a dream of mine to play in, to, at the professional level. I mean, you grew up watching on TV, you know, seeing these guys make all these awesome plays. And 
I mean, just living that limelight, seeing the stadiums. I mean, it's it's un, it's unprecedented compared to you know college and high school. Uh, I didn't really think I had a legit shot of playing in the NFL, um, probably until last year when one of my uh, so when I when the new offense came out and one of the running backs coaches he's now running he's now a assistant coach for the Panthers but he coached us it was EJ Barthel he kind of really looked at me he sat me down looked me in the eyes like you have a legit shot of playing in the NFL. And I don't think I ever had a coach sit down and tell me that. And I didn't think he was trying to blow smoke up me because I really never asked him about it or anything. He just, I mean, he was one of those, he was a favorite from the beginning for me and has always been a huge supporter. So once he kind of gave me that insight, like, Hey, like I've seen what it takes to make it to the next level. I think you have a legit shot to make it to the next level. I kind of took that, you know, I kind of soaked that in as much as I could. And I, I've been, you know, working my tail off ever since to be able to, but you did make a good point about um, special teams. And I know one of the best ways to get into the league is to play special teams. And I've, I've, I've played special teams all four years, three years, it'll be a fourth year. And I, I think that's one of the, the funnest parts of the games, like the, because I just get to fly around and hit people. So it'll, I will be excited if I get to play at the next level um, for sure. So we just kind of have to sit that see and wait right now for us at least absolutely man absolutely obviously I'm, I'm wishing you the best of luck tyler again tyler christ here fullback starting linebacker this year make sure to keep an eye on him for william and mary i uh, appreciate you tyler again for taking taking some time today man it was a pleasure just getting a little glimpse into your background and everything and i'm wishing you the best of luck and i'm definitely wishing for a, a spring season this year man i need i need some football in my life and and uh you don't usually get it too much in the spring so i'm, I'm hoping for the best for you Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.